Welcome to the Leader's Life Podcast, where we implement that old school grind with that new school mind. What is up, fam? I am your host, Amar. And before we get going, please, please, please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out. Today, I have a special guest, an amazing human being, my good friend. He is a digital strategist for business owners, a marketing genius for business owners, for coaches and all that fun stuff, a mindset guru, obsessed with the brain itself, my friend, my brother, my buddy, Simon Parsons. What's up, brother? What is up, my badass friend? I am so excited to be here. I'm so lit up about this. I was pumped all day to jam out with my good brother, Amar. Amar is somebody who has changed my life, who has made an impact on me. I'm grateful to be on this podcast, but also I'm just so excited to see the people that you are helping out, the lives that you are changing through your wonderful podcast, my brother. Um, Damn, bro. Started off like that. Thank you, man. (laughs) Well, Simon, well, thank you so much. Yeah, Simon and I, um, just just a little background, we met in the mentorship program with Rob Dial and Dean DeVries, and uh, from there, we were part of the Kaizen Mastermind program, where uh, just a a bunch of us collaborated, and we've been family since, and just changing lives each and every day, and we've been connected uh, since then. So, Simon, let, let the listeners know, who is Simon, and exactly what are you doing today? I am living the dream. I am so excited to just like lean into my passions and to do the things that call me. And uh, I've I've been on a life lifelong journey of being an entrepreneur. I started out just thinking I was just going to have an average life. I was around averageness for the you know better part of my childhood and and early adulthood, and I thought that's what was in store for me. Uh, By a stroke of luck, one of my good friends asked me if if I wanted to join him getting a job at the Salt Lake Country Club, which was a life changer. I didn't realize it at the time, but uh, he asked me if I wanted to come be a dishwasher with him up there, scrubbing dishes uh, at a place where all the wealthy and successful people in Salt Lake hung out. I told him, no, I don't think I'll be a dishwasher, but I will be a busboy. That's a slight upgrade from a dishwasher. (laughs) And so I did that. But the thing is, is it allowed me to be forward facing with a lot of very influential and impactful people. And uh, being someone who had only seen average before, uh, I went in there thinking that I was going to be around a lot of snotty, wealthy, rich people that, you know, and you get, you hear about those, those labels that uh, people put on the wealthy. It turns out that that's completely wrong. I mean, there's no more assholes proportionately with wealthy as just everybody else. In fact, I would say it's probably less. And so that was a really uh, good perspective to have. And uh, several members took me under their wing. I remember there was one guy, he, you know, he's really close with Mark O'Mara and Tiger Woods. He taught me how to golf. He gave me my first set of golf clubs. He mentored me. And uh, what I realized is that we are all capable of so much more than we can imagine. And um, I started on this journey of, of personal development and I had my, my wins, my fails, my, um, my boss at the time at the Salt Lake Country Club. It was interesting because he could see the entrepreneur in me and he actually pretty much fired me so that I could go chase my dreams. I didn't have the balls to do it on my own. So he gave me some money and booted me out the door, said it was time for me to move on. I had some ups, I had some downs, but that led me to where I am now. Uh, I became obsessed with mindset probably about three or four years ago. I've always been a fan of mindset and personal development, but about four years ago, I started seeing what was possible if I completely immersed myself into this world. And um, 
everything unfolded beautifully. And uh, I started out with coaching mindset and then getting into the deeper levels of psychology, mindset, human behavior. And um, then I started finding a place and a voice helping other coaches because if I can help them expand their reach, then I feel like we can all impact more people. So where I found my place is just to be the support behind the scenes, helping other coaches and digital entrepreneurs with marketing and sales strategy. Wow. Well, first off, amazing story. Uh, and now it explains a lot about your character because you love to give and you, um, you, you show up the way that you do. And it's because you started it, and like the way, I guess the way I started, I started in my dad's grocery store bagging grocery bags. And here you are just going over there, not, not cleaning dishes, everybody. He's a bus boy, but, um, being over there. and yeah, but being able to get your hands dirty and then, and, and that's pretty, pretty awesome that your boss was actually like, Hey, go follow your dreams. Get the hell out of here, kid. Um, that's, that's actually, I mean, pretty badass. So that's awesome, bro. But then we spoke about fast forward to the, to the mindset and, and your, your passion, because I remember this clearly, we were in a Kaizen mastermind call, uh, with, with Rob Dial and you, and he was talking about the brain and all that. And I swear to you, Simon's face, it was like you, it was like porn to this dude, the way the brain fascinates him. So can you just tell me what, what is it about this mindset or the actual wiring of the mindset? Because it wasn't necessarily what he was talking about the actions. It was more about the brain and you were just glued to that shit. So I just want to hear like what, why, what got you so fascinated with, the, with, I guess the, the wiring of the brain. Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's fun because I feel like when I was a kid, I was a, a big fan of Star Wars. And, you know, most of us as, as kids or even adults, we enjoy like the fantasy world of either like the comic books or superheroes or, you know, in my case, it was Star Wars. And in Star Wars, you had like the Jedi, right? They were like the Jedi and the, the um, Sith Lords who were the guys that would, they would fight against. But the, these guys had like superpowers. They had like Jedi skills, Jedi mind tricks. They, had, they could use the force to move things. And um, that always fascinated me. And it's just so crazy to think that like some of the tools that we have from a mindset perspective or a manifestation perspective are not too far off from that. And I remember hearing a quote from Jim Rohn, who was, he was kind of a mentor to Tony Robbins. Everybody pretty much knows Tony Robbins and his name. Um, I was listening to Tony Robbins back when he, you know, put out those cassette tapes. And I remember like I, somehow I snagged some off of like Napster when you could download stuff for free. Napster. He just identified his age, folks. Napster. Google it. And so I I remember listening to these on the way to work and that's what kind of like got me on this path. But back to Jim Rohn, uh, he was one of the old school guys and he, he, there was a quote that I heard him say, and it was like, your level of success is in direct proportion to your level of personal development. I thought that was a really interesting quote because I've always been kind of a hacker that loves to break things down for people. I love to like pull things apart and just kind of make easy steps for people. And that's why I have my own podcast called the mindset hackers, where we like go into the, you know, the, the steps that you can take to really hack your mindset and to level up. But uh, that quote is what, you know, got me thinking, well, I wonder what, I wonder if, how true that really is. Like what, cause I can get pretty obsessed about things like in the past, you know, when it came to Brazilian jujitsu or DJing or cycling, it was like, I was the guy, I would learn everything about whatever it was I was interested in. So next I teed up mindset and personal development. I'm like, okay, I know I can hang. I know I can get really, really gritty into this stuff. I can go into the deep levels. Let's just see what is possible. And 
Um, hopefully some people are here have seen that movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper. I was talking about this on my podcast and he, he comes across some experimental drug that he takes and it unlocks the full power of his mind. And he becomes a financial genius and he starts thinking four or five steps ahead. And that's why they call the movie Limitless. Well, that movie is not that far from the truth, my friend. And so I wanted to be a, a, a guinea pig, right? And test a lot of this stuff out. So I immersed myself in personal development. I just became absolutely obsessed. I still am. And, you know, the test was to see what the external world would look like if I focused on the internal world, not just my mindset, but like trusting my gut, my intuition, your second brain, your heart, and that coherence between your heart and brain, what would my life look like? My income went up, my stress went down, my relationships blossomed, I started building a business, I became highly effective, highly productive, I'm able to do two podcast episodes a week, be a guest on people's show like, like I am right now on yours, I you know created a a coaching program that has over 100 members in my community now, one-on-one -on -one coaching, a sales role, uh, going on trips to meet you at these wonderful masterminds. <laughs> I mean, you know, you and I are both family men. We have kids, right? I've got three kids. You've got four. Uh, I sleep eight hours a night and I work out. I spend time meditating. How is it possible that I can do that much? Well, it's because you can become limitless by working on your mindset. And so that's the deeper stuff that I love getting into is how to become highly effective to become absolutely limitless. Dude, that, I love that analogy. I like that breakdown, especially from the movie uh, Limitless, because um, it's kind of like when people say like sky's the limit, but you actually push yourself to the limit. Like you, I know you're big into cycling. I know that you said with DJing and you, when you do something, when Simon starts something, this is what I'm realizing. He doesn't do it half-assed. It's all or nothing. Is full send, baby. Full, full send. And um, he brought up his uh, his podcast, Mindset Hackers, which is amazing, by the way. Have to plug that out in there. Check it out there. We'll have in the show notes because, uh, which obviously what brought me to the topic of mindset and why you do what you do. But I also want to talk a little bit quickly about you help coaches. You were uh, you were an actual coach for the elite program that that, that I coach. And you also have an amazing program with some amazing people as well. So I want you to talk about that program. Uh, and then why did you start it? Because you are a marketing guru. You are a great strategist. I can never say that word. Right. And you're just an amazing human being. So I just want to, I just want you to just let So business owners out there that understand what you do and how good, how good you are at doing it. So please, please, please. I just want you to let everybody know what you do. Oh, this is fun because uh, marketing to me is kind of a blend. Uh, marketing and sales, it's interesting because I love mindset, but you can use mindset and psychology in marketing and sales. And that does not mean to manipulate people, but it means uh, find ways to grab attention, right? There's so many, so much data coming at us, right? We've got five different social media platforms. We got advertising, we've got TV, we've got DMs, we've got five different ways to communicate via messenger services. So people are really getting hit with so much at once. And for, for me, it's like, how do I help people stand out? Because if you, if you come out and you, you're, you're, you want to help people out, you want to be a mindset coach, 
And your tagline is I'm a mindset coach and I help people who are stuck. Okay. You're going to be the one that's stuck because that is not going to stand out. So that's where I come in from a marketing standpoint is to help people truly stand out and to build an actual business. I think that uh, marketing can also be very um, malicious as well. I see every single day I'm getting hit up from um, so-called marketers to promising like big numbers, you know, I'm going to help coaches make, you know, th- what I see all, uh, I, I see this all the time and talk about standing out. Okay. If I get five people each week saying that they're a marketing expert that help coaches bring in $30,000 per month in 90 days, well, they're not standing out. These marketers themselves are not standing out because I see three, five of them saying the same exact thing. And that's a perfect example of what I like to do is I like to help people actually stand out. But it can be very seductive and manipulative. And so what I want to do is help digital entrepreneurs build sustainable businesses and use ethical marketing practices to do that. Uh, LinkedIn is, is a platform that I'm known for. I think there's a lot of great platforms, but I think for business, it makes a lot of sense to... Um, use that platform. And, and a big part of that is it's not as mature as Facebook or Instagram. And, you know, if you were on Instagram or Facebook five to 10 years ago, it was a very robust place because, you know, they were booting up these platforms so that people, they use our content as the product. And, you know, eventually a mature platform, they want to monetize that. So they use it for advertising and it's pay to play. LinkedIn's very early on that infancy. Um, I think TikTok's another great platform. And I, there's one that I don't want to mention here because it's still in a beta phase, but it's really interesting. I got to play around with a platform where it was like almost like TikTok where you could post a video and then other people could reply via video and it created like a stacked thread, almost like in a message board. Oh my Super cool. Cool. What? I can't wait to announce this when it comes out. But, you know, you've kind of got to be ahead of the trends and you know, each platform has its unique voice and unique uh, dialect, so to speak. But I, I do feel like LinkedIn is still such a great place for people to have more robust conversations and to network. That's what the platform's built for is true networking. And you and I, uh, Amar, are big fans of, of mm-hmm. having deep, you know, deep relationships, building a network and truly listening and helping people instead of just trying to do this influencer thing and, you know, try to hit a million people like, you know, you you can build a very sustainable business by going deep. I love that, man. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, the one thing that, I mean, obviously with your clients and, uh, and then what you do is that intimacy is, is huge, huge in business. And I, like you and I have a lot of same characteristics, but I want to know where it comes. And I had to just, I just, I don't know why I haven't asked you this offline, but where do you get this? Where do you have this big heart that I just want to like help somebody? Because uh, I want to share a story and Simon is the guy who, um, like him and I always said that, like, you know, we don't understand why people would record, like when they give something or like, you know, if if you're going to do charity, kind of do it off site, off camera. Right. But there was a, there was a beautiful video that I saw on social media. And I was like, this is not like Simon. Why is it posted this way? So I saw that. And then I figured Simon obviously didn't post a video, but it was amazing. So I want you to share, first off, I'm so glad that just the person that you are that able to just give, but please share that story of why that one was actually recorded. Yeah, this is a crazy story of manifestation. So I don't, I'm actually neutral about like, I I don't have anything against uh, posting, you know, content around you helping people. I, I think that it can go either way. I think that, you know, if you're doing it, it's the reason, right? Like if you're doing it because you need validation or because you want to show off your whatever, um, that probably isn't the right energy, but I also believe that it's, you know, 
helping can be very contagious. And um, I have always been somebody who's, who's given probably not on the levels that I could, but as I started researching abundance, you know, and also financial people who've been very successful, a lot of the people financially that I've seen, i um, always talked about giving. And I, I remember several years ago, thinking, you know, I, I give, but I could probably go a little bit deeper on that. And as I've leaned into it, it's just amazing how like the universe has just granted me this ability to be a conduit for um, financial abundance. And I believe a big part of that is giving. So I started leaning into this a lot more, but I started finding like the human connection. I remember you and I were on a call one day and um, we were kind of talking about that. And I was just like, I had some money um, that I wasn't going to use. And I wanted to go spread some joy, got a gift certificate from my company to go on a shopping spree. And I just remember thinking, you know, like I, um, there, what can I buy for myself that would give me the, like even a fraction of the, the, the feeling that I get when I give that away. And I, I found a homeless man and gave him this gift certificate and he gave me this big, big hug and we connected and I just felt so good. You know, like he was so dirty and like, I wasn't thinking about that. I was just like, I love hugging this person. And the thing, thing I think about is like, I could easily be in his position and he could be in mine. So who am I to hold that back? And I really don't look at money as being mine. I just look at money as being an extension of me. And, you know, it kind of flows through me. So anyways, back to this story that you're referring to, um, about two years ago, when I was first getting started on LinkedIn, I saw this beautiful video of this guy that just, he he just had so much happiness and so much joy. And he would go out, he had a, a daughter with Down syndrome and he'd do these super loving videos with his beautiful daughter. And they just would go viral and it brought tears to my eyes. The first time I saw him with his, his beautiful daughter with Down syndrome. And um, I was like, wow. And I sent it off to about four or five people. <clears throat> this guy's like voted top, you know, top 50 most impactful people on LinkedIn voted by the people. There's, you know, what, 750 million people on the platform. And so I was just really inspired by him. I had no idea that like we'd become uh, friends, but that's how manifestation works. That's how vibration works. You vibe with the right people, just like you and I, and they, they become your friends. So over time, I, you know, somehow we started getting to know each other and um, you know, the other thing, the other part of this equation is he actually um, was almost broke because he would go out, spend so much time giving to other people. He started a foundation where he would get, you know, just these videos would go viral and then people would donate money to him and he'd go give it away. But he was almost living in poverty too. This, you know, he's, he's basically a LinkedIn celebrity, but he's living in poverty because he's giving away pretty much everything but his last two cents. And um, I just, I always wanted to be a part of that. Like I always wanted to get to know him on a deeper level and just feel that energy. And, um, there was a point where he needed some help financially and I was able to make a connection with him and, uh, I actually got him hired at the company that, uh, that I, I do sales with. And that, that can be a, an extreme life changer for somebody like him. And he's so good with connecting with people, but he came out for a training and then, you know, I, I in my head, I was just like, I would love to do one of those videos with him where we go give, and we were having dinner and it was just like the night was going on like later and later. And, you know, I just felt like this is so forced, like it shouldn't go down like this. So I was like, let's just not even worry about it because like, I don't want um, to put any pressure on him. I don't want the feeling to be off. I don't want to, I don't want it to be one of those things where we just go video something just to video something. So we, we took it off the table and I was, you know, we were driving home and it was getting pretty late and the sun was going down and there was this homeless man that was 
um, on, he was on the side of the road and, you know, trying to get some donations from people on the off ramp. And right then I was like, let's go talk to that guy. And it shifted just to be this completely, you know, random thing. And so we hopped out and, you know, like I had some money in my car, went over and we just went to go talk with him and just have a down to earth moment. And um, my friend who's been doing a lot of these videos, you know, he just had everything's done on his camera. And uh, we had a third person there who was able to um, get this on camera, but we just had a moment of connection with him. And he had a sign that just said how embarrassed he was to ask for money. He's just like, this is the, me at my lowest. I'm so embarrassed to have to do this, but I need your help. And, you know, just, we went over and just had a conversation with him and just let him know that he's a human being just like us and that we all go through these times and we were there for him. And I couldn't believe that my life had led up to this moment. Yeah, I'm getting that too. I, just got, I, I was just showing him on the Zoom that I got goosebumps as he's telling this story. So go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. Yeah, and, and re-watching it, I get teary-eyed. But it was, you know, like we don't record. I, I don't record. that. Like that was the only time I've ever done something like that on camera. But it, the feeling is the same. And why I do that is is because I could easily be in that position. And maybe one day I will be. But I want that man to feel like a human being. I want him. I don't want him to feel embarrassed. I want to give a dirty hug to anyone. I want to just like be in it with him. Like, who am I to have this abundance without sharing it? And that moment just became like a, such a, a a moment where like the universe just conspired to put me in this position. You know, like two years ago, I was seeing this guy like, you know, doing viral videos and then you know, next thing you know, I am with him and we are sharing in this experience and, and caring for another human being. But um, yeah, I, I love doing that. It, and I think that it, you know, it really is opposite of, it, it is abundance. It's the opposite of scarcity when you do, do stuff like that. And I don't think that you should do it for that expectation, but I, I think it makes you realize that we're all so limitless and that money is, you know, money's a part of us. It is us. And we shouldn't like hoard it. We shouldn't be afraid of it. We shouldn't, you know, like chase it. Like we should just let it flow through us. And giving is a really good way to do that. It's a, a very good practice to, to let you, you know, be in that flow. Simon, that was beautiful. And for the record, I'm glad you recorded it because I wanted you to share that story. And I've been, uh, that was just beautiful. And I've been on, on a phone call with you. Uh, and I know you'd be like, Oh, hold on one second. Hold on. And then I hear you like just doing something. And I'm like, I know what he's doing. And sure enough, he, uh, and I ask him, Hey, Simon, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I was just, I just saw a homeless guy on the side of the road. And I was just giving him money. So this isn't a one-time thing. I see you doing it all the time. And for me, like my, I growing up, my dad, my dad would always give, it was time. If somebody needed a ride to like my cousin Mo went to school in Albany, my dad would hop in a car, drive him, no problem, round trip back and forth. My dad will give his shirt off his back. Like my dad is just that type of a person. And that's where I feel like I've learned it. Like everybody's just like, oh, you know, why do you give your time? Why do you, why do you do stuff without anything in return? And my definition is if I want to give you a hug, Simon, and you don't want to give it back to me, that's okay. But if I give with intention, of getting something that's called manipulation. Yeah. And I, the fact that I was told pretty much growing up, you know, growing up with my dad, it's like, you will never go broke giving. And I love that. Yeah. And that can be time. It can be compliments. Right. And we have this thing inside of us that like holds us back. It's like, even with compliments, like you are one of the most, the kindest, per, like you lift people up, you build people up. 
And you're also very like frank with people too. Like you don't sugarcoat it. Like you also are very giving with words and with kindness and lifting people up. And it doesn't take anything away from you. But I think people get afraid to give away like their time or their money or even a compliment because without them even realizing, they think it's taking away from so, which is so far from the truth. It's actually building them up too. Time, especially. And, and I always say time is worth more than money, uh, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, for watching you do that, you know, in the community that, that we both were a part of and seeing you do that outside on the highway, just driving along what it is, you're not only giving your time, you're giving your money. And I just want to tell you, brother, like, I fucking love that about you. And that is why, you know, we, we have this connection is because we, we see a bigger, a bigger picture out there. Uh, so I just want to just commend you and give you, give you your flowers right now on that, because I just love that you fucking do that, man. I love it. Well, thank you. And, and I, you know, we can all give and we can all give it. It doesn't have to be money. Like Amar says, you know, it could be time. Um, there was, a, you know, I, I took in a boy when he was um, one years old that didn't have a place to go that had, you know, parents that were abusing him and um, neglecting him. And, and that was, um, you know, we're, he, he's with me forever now, but that, that took a lot of time and it took a lot of money. And then when we got him fairly established, you know, I, I didn't quite have the money to go, uh, give, but I did um, volunteer at a, a, a safe home for kids who have, who are grieving, who had lost a parent or lost a sibling that just needed some support. So there's other ways to give than um, just money. Like it, it can be time. And, and I, I think that gets you out of the scarcity mode around time too, is because we always feel like, well, how can I possibly spend, you know, this time helping somebody else out? Well, like you will actually get more time back when you do that because you'll realize that there's so much more to life than just the hustle and the grind. Yeah. And you know, it's, and you've shared that story with me, obviously offline about uh, your, your, your son, right. It's your, uh, your third child, right. That's number three. He's our first. He was, he was the one who turned me first one. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, but you've, you've shared that and and what you've done there. And you said you were in, you didn't have, at the time you didn't think of the finance, you didn't have, uh, you didn't know if you had the time, but you knew it was right. And, and you did in there and it's his family. And the fact that you, you've done that, I mean, as I said, you're, you're one of the most giving guys I've known. So, so I love that, but I want to, I want to ask you a uh, switch questions because we're both family men. Uh, and it's about perspective and I want your, I want your, uh, I guess I want your, your outlook, your opinion on this. So my, so we were, I was at the playground with, with my uh, boys and, there was a kid that had one arm and my older son, Noah goes, Oh, dad, like, it's so sad that like he has, you know, one arm and the kids play and have a good time. And like, so he's sad about it, but my son, Eli goes, Oh, that's so cool. He's got one arm. He can put a spike in there and he can do all, and he can go do that. That's so awesome that he has that. And to me, I just thought it was, it was amazing because I got to witness empathy that my, you know, my older son had that heart, like, oh, I feel bad for him, where my other son was like, no, that's actually, I want to be like that kid. So I want to ask you, like, being a dad, right, that moment for me was pretty awesome because it showed that, like, as I said, you can, it's all about perspective, you know, and perception. And, and one of my child felt bad, but the other one thought it was awesome. So... <laughs> in life in general, can you relate to that? Is, is like that perspective and how, I guess the cup half full, the cup half empty. So I just wanted to share that. I've never shared that story before other than to my wife. So I just wanted to uh, just kind of hear your, hear your take on that. 
Yeah, I, I think you got to know your audience. I mean, I think there's there's people that want help. And there's some people that, you know, they want to be they want to empower themselves. And I think we as coaches need to be careful. We want to give people tools to empower. And I'm sure you see this all the time in the role that you are in the coaching world is there's a difference between people who uh, they're struggling and they want to get on their feet and kick ass. There's other people that kind of are on that, on that frequency of, 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 you know, victim mode where it's like, they want more like people feeling bad for them. And so, you know, that kid who knows his story, I mean, like, I know, I, I remember when I used to do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like I was around some pretty phenomenal legends. Uh, my instructor, his name is Pedro Sauer, who is a world wide phenom right now i was also i witnessed him get his at well i shouldn't say this please i hope he's not listening to this but his instructor was hicks and gracie so we all know gracie Gracie was yeah he was the one three of the first uh four ultimate challenges but a lot of people don't know this his older brother hicks and gracie is is well known as being the the toughest the most technically advanced jujitsu expert in the world uh, at least at that time and um i watched hicks and gracie tap out um my instructor you know and i thought they were playing but he had his he had both of his hands inside of his belt and he was just using his legs and they were grappling and he got him in a couple submissions with no hands so who's to say that this this boy you know like Who's to say that it's a bad thing, right? Well, like we get to define the meaning or he gets the, the kid gets to define the meaning. So I think it's good for us to be aware, you know, like, you know, let's listen to our audience and see what they need and be a little bit careful because some people, they want inspiration. They want to rise up. They want to use what other people perceive as their handicaps to be their strengths. Other people do need some help and we need to be, you know, willing to do that. But there's also like a third category where people, you know, they want more attention than anything. And um, that can be a time suck. I mean, I think we should all do our best to help people out, but you've got to be careful when it comes to like, you know, that, that victim frequency. That's what I I, I have a fun story to share with you though. um, That's kind of like similar. Please. No, (laughs) yeah, we were. I took my kids to um, a trampoline park and this thing was huge. There were so many fun areas there. I would have loved to have something like this when I was a kid and my boy, I've been teaching him jujitsu and he, he's like nine years old. This is my adopted son and he can just crush it. He can just destroy other kids his age on the mat. And um, there was this beam balance beam joust thing where there was like these, this foam pit and you basically had to have this like padded stick and you'd fight somebody else on this balance beam and knock them off. And um, so he like, was like so American, gra- American gladiators. Yeah, stuff exactly. Back in the day. Oh yes. <laughs> was at Mars age. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, they, they get up and um, there was like this little girl that's like half of the side. And, and I just look at my boy and I just like kind of nodded at him. The nod. And, yeah. And so he, he went up and the girl, you know, obviously he let her win, you know, but it was so cute because he, he didn't let the ego come in his way and he let the girl knock him off. And then he just made her feel like she was champion of the world. And then the next time he got up, there's this kid that's twice, of, <laughs> twice his size. And he looks over at me and I'm like, <laughs> he gave him the like, double nod. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
crushed this Crush dude. <laughs> so so he, he 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 knocks him off and then he jumps down and puts his hand out and lifts him up and helps him get out and says good job so like that is what i want to raise in my children and it's not always like that right we have we have our struggles as well but like that that's what i want to inspire not just my kids but the people that i work with is to to you know not always chase the the rewards but to become the best human beings that we can and to help each other out. I love that. I love that. Love that. Love that. Um, because I say it all the time, especially, you know, because it's for me, it's family first, everything else second, like everything else second. And it's very important. I think at this age with my twins being a uh, five-year-old and a three-year-old that uh, my wife and I, we teach our kids that it's okay to lose. Like, uh, you know, the problem, I feel like the problem today is that uh, it's not okay to lose. I just feel like it's like everybody, uh, it's, I, I'm just gonna say what it is. It's just like it, it, uh, losing is, losing, you're not learning anything when losing. It's just either winning or losing. Where now I'm, I'm okay with my kids losing right now as long as they gain something out of it. An example, and I had a podcast episode about this, was my, uh, my daughter Harper didn't wanna play soccer because she was not, she was not athletic, but she was smart. And she was able to, to obviously put it aside and learn strategy, Mr. Strategy himself, strategist himself, and was able to do well. So where I guess where I'm getting at, where I'm going to ask you is that for me personally, like I played sports my whole life. I was never the fastest. I was never the strongest in business. I was never, the, you know, same thing, but I always got up. So I always got up. If I lost, it was okay. I was okay with losing. So my question to you is, are you okay with losing? Now I am, but there's, there's times where th this was a big blind spot for me. Like I, I remember when I, I wanted to be a cyclist when I was in, in my teen years and, um, I got my ass handed to me so bad. Like my first few races that I just, I gave up and I thought, well, maybe this isn't for me. And my, you know, my parents were talking about how I need to go to school. And I just, I didn't even push back on that. I had no idea that like, you actually have to train to get good. Like, I just thought I was going to be like good at it. And then when I wasn't, I was like, well, I guess I'm not. And so that was, that was the first part of this story. The second part was in jujitsu. I remember getting my ass kicked so bad in the beginning. And I was like, I don't want this to happen. So I got good at jujitsu really, really fast, but then it snuck up, ego snuck up on me a second time because once I got to the top, I mean, this was really early on. So, I mean, it was not the art that it was now and, you know, like in that pool, I was actually doing really well. And it, the ego got to me because I, you know, I started seeing other, like when I first started, I would see everybody who was better than me. And I actually wrote their name down and I was like, I want to tap them out. And then I, um, eventually like I was the guy that people were writing down that, that I had the target on my back and I could see that coming. And I could actually, like, I could see myself ducking out of like fights because I would see someone who was coming up on me and not want to lose, which was so stupid. And it's so opposite of how I am now. Eventually, like I kept dislocating my shoulder and like I quit jujitsu for what I thought was like, you know, my shoulder, but looking back on it, like I could have kept going if I wanted. And I think like I avoided it because I didn't like the idea of not being one of the top people, which is such a limited mindset. And then eventually this here's what's crazy is eventually like I started getting so good on my bike and I'd be riding up the Canyon. I would never compete, but I'd be riding my bike and I'd be passing people like left and right. And I wasn't competing because like I was afraid of losing. 
Isn't that crazy? Cause this is so not like me now. And then my parents, they, they were the ones who actually, even though they, I felt like they kind of like didn't support me when I was younger, they told me I should start bike racing. They kind of pushed me into it. And then, you know, the first bike race I did as an adult, oh my God, like I literally slaughtered the race up until like I started cramping so much that I had to get <laughs> off my bike and watch everybody pass me. But like for 72 miles, like I just like broke away on my own. And that's when I realized like, I'm actually a lot stronger than I realized but here's the thing too, Amara, it's like this, the ego is always like in your head. Cause I, you know, I started ascending the levels in bike racing and I remember like being afraid to lose or, or, or not. Like I remember one race, like I just had to get fourth to win the overall championship. And like, I would, I should have been going for first in that race instead of fourth to protect the overall title. And like, looking back, I'm like, you wouldn't have lost. Like you, all, it could have only gone up from there, but I was, I was playing to stay where I was at instead of like playing to win, you know, to playing to take everything. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like where I ended up is like, I, I think there, I don't think there is such a thing as losing anymore, at least for, for my perspective, perspective, because um, if I don't get the outcome that I desire, I still get an outcome where I learn something. I still get data where it helps me improve. So like, I don't know. Like I lean into stuff. I love getting my ass kicked now. It's, it took, you know, 40 years plus to get to where I'm at, where it's like, I don't fear it, but yeah, that's my, yeah, I, I'm not win at all costs. Certainly not. I, I love being around people. I'd, I'd way rather be in a, a room where I'm like the, the dumbest person in the room than the smartest. Hey man. Well, I'm the dumbest, dumbest one in this Zoom one right now. So it's all right, but you're, you're, you're leading the way, but I did want to give you, I wanted to just acknowledge that losing uh you know if 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 you what's the saying i had it in there it's, if it's not losing if you didn't learn anything uh you know it's losing only if you didn't learn anything and that's kind of what you define there because it's hard especially because you know we learn i wish i knew this obviously 20 years ago when when i was i wish i had the mindset now i mean we all say that but at the same time i don't because it wouldn't be who i am today but looking at my children and seeing how competitive they are reminds me like the first time I played baseball, football, whatever it is. And you see that, and then you can get, I have the opportunity to explain to them, Hey, it's okay. It's okay to lose. And, and say that with confidence where realistically, before I started on self-improvement, I would have not said it the way, like I would have said it without purpose or with belief. And now I believe it with purpose. And I encourage them to kind of fall down and not to get something right away, because if they really want it, they need to work hard for it. They need to work hard for it. Everything is earned. Nothing is given to them. And I feel like they're learning that now with sports. And I played baseball my whole life. My kids get bored with baseball. So I'm not pushing that on them, unfortunately. You know? I love that, Amar. Here's the thing that people don't realize is hyper-competitiveness, the unwillingness to lose, the the lack of good sportsmanship or the, well, I don't like this whole trophy debate. Cause like you hear people like, is it good to give trophies to everybody or not good? Dude, it's not about the trophies. It's about showing up to the game because the thing is, is like the trophies is what creates like this ego that creates failure in the, in later on, it creates this dependence on like the external rewards. It creates this dependence on validation and, I, yeah, I've been in all angles of this, like hyper competitive to afraid to be afraid to lose to like, now it's like, it's about like getting in the bike race or getting on the mat. You know, that's where the goal is. It's not about the trophies. 
It's not whether we should give them all away to kids and pat them on the back or that only the winner. No, it's about them doing it. So I love that you are encouraging that. There's such a deep, I, I really hope more people understand this, but there's a really deep lesson behind that, Amar. Well, yeah, thank you, brother. Well, because as I said, I mean, we, I've learned, I always learned the hard way myself. So to, to know that I want my, I want to see my, I don't want to, uh, I want my kids to fall and then kind of like what your son did, be able to have, give them my hand to help them pick them up, but not pick them up off the floor. Let them be, let them know that I'm there for them, but they got this and then learn on their own and then have myself and my wife, Shannon, as support. And I think that as, you know, as dads, the number one thing that we can be for them is support. And that's all they need, the support and intention. You got, your kids are my kids' ages, right? Well, how old's your oldest? Uh, nine. And then? Nine, five, and uh, one and a half. All right, I got twins that are eight, a five and a three-year-old. So yeah, we, we, we know what we're doing over there. So before we wrap this up, Simon, I first, this is, as I said, you and I can talk for another four more hours, let's be honest. Like, I mean, we're, we're just getting cozy right now. Uh, but, but I do want, I do want to ask you, what's your definition of a leader? I would say a leader is, this is a great question. Um, because I, it's interesting because I, I, I'm in very, a lot of leadership circles and I don't, con, I don't consider myself a formal leader. I consider myself a, an informal leader, but I think that says it right there. To me, a leader is the being and not the title. I mean, it, it's crazy because I, you know, I don't really care if people call me a leader or if I have a title like that. But like, I think it's about having the balls to lead with courage, to be an example for others, to have empathy, to have compassion, to do the right thing and to make this world a better place. And that doesn't have to have a title of it, you know, and, you know, in the corporate world, a lot of people are seeking the title and that can be a big blind spot as well. But I think like a true leader is somebody who does what's right regardless of who's looking and you know it's it's the embodiment it's the being it's and you my friend are a perfect example and description of a leader like you like you you will die on the shield for what you believe for your family for the people that you're around you lift other people up you inspire but you also hold them accountable i mean you make people feel so good but yet you're not afraid to say hey like come on and you will give them the feedback that they need in a way that they can understand, in a way that they can implement, in a way that doesn't make them feel like shit. So, Amar, is, <laughs> you want you want the definition of a leader? I will say, my good friend, that I am talking with right now, Amar, you are a perfect leader. Oh God, brother, that, that was that was great. Uh, I love that answer. But no, thank you so much. And I love I love what you said about the label. I, I'm big into that. You know, uh, I heard somebody say you know, leaders eat last. And I, and I'm a true believer of that. It's like, you don't need that title. Cause I'm a leader therefore, or, or the label. And I I'm, I'm all for the, the non-labels, but I love, I love your definition of a, of, of a leader. So Simon, let everybody know how they can, um, get a hold of you. Uh, what's the best way is it LinkedIn, social media, just kind of, I want to make sure because please, please, please follow my friend, Simon, the stuff that he puts out there, the stuff that, that, that he shares. I mean, we, we've heard his story in that. So please uh, let us know how we can locate Mr. Simon. Yeah. So I, I think the easiest way is to take your phone right now, pick it up. You're listening to me and Amar talk on a mobile device and on that podcast player, just type in mindset hackers. 
that's the easiest way to find me. Uh, I think my podcast complements Amar's very well. We will talk on different topics. He really goes into the embodiment and the leadership perspective. I love teaching more of the mindset, the business, the marketing. Um, you will grow from that. We both share, have a lot in common. And, you know, that's why we are such good friends. So please pick up your phone right now, add it, it just click subscribe and then listen to some episodes that call out to you and elevate your mindset. And if you like some of the geekier parts of mindset that you can go to this website and we'll leave it in the show notes, simonwparsons.com slash productivity. And I can share with you some of my best hacks around living a highly optimized and productive life. And, uh, you know, uh, every week we'll be sharing just different tips and tools and tricks to help you level up both personally and professionally. And that goes really well with the content that Amar is teaching. Yes. And we're going to have that all in the show notes, um, below to make sure that everybody, uh, checks it out. And, uh, Simon, thank you so much, brother, for taking the time out of your day, your crazy busy day to come on over here and, uh, just, just jam out like we do baby. Yep. Best part of my day, my brother. Oh God. Well, thank you so much, everybody. And that is that. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out. And please, please, please share this with your friends, family, and tribe. And remember, why not you? Why not now? Let's freaking go. Full send. Hope you all have an amazing day.